and the power of J-Skull! Welcome everyone to another episode, a bit of a revamped look for us here on Power of J-Skull. And Jason, you know what, I was pretty down in the dumps about last time when we said we were going to do cow. And I was pleasantly surprised. And then, last episode, you gave me, well, the biggest surprise ever, because we get to do... As the icon says, Stratos today, which is my favorite character. Yes, so, I know I was, that you uh, you got a uh, you got a soft spot for the feathered one. Yes, I do, I do. In fact, when you announced it, I, I mean, I was in shock. I mean, this is my expression, really. When you said it, I was like, <laughs> I can't believe we're doing it. So I'm thr thrilled we are. He is, and I can't really explain why. I just found him such a visually interesting character when I had the original figure. Um, I like the juxtaposition of the red and the blue. Love the fact that he could fly, shoot beams out of his hands. I just gravitated towards this character a lot. Um, so much so, Jason, that if you see below me, we have a, have a drawing here as me and Stratos, and you... you as the titular, well, you're calling him Gas Man, but we'll call him Jace Man for this one. Okay. Um, check this out, Jace. We got an artist to... to, to we asked our uh, one of our colleagues on the channel, hey, we'd love to get ourselves drawn as He-Man. Little did we know, about a couple of weeks later, we get delivered these. They're amazing. They're beautiful. Aren't they gorgeous? Look they at Jason are. there as the... Um, as he man looks fantastic and he's even and it's so close to my actual it's photorealistic physique. let's yes. be honest with you yeah 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 and, and me as well you know um you know it's probably the first time i've been high but i've actually been flying in this image yeah so it's crazy isn't it's a different it? type of high for a change <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah look how gorgeous they are and i, I certainly before we start the show i want to give a shout out to um to the person that actually did this and if i could just bring up the image if i could just share this image bear with me for a sec because she's wonderfully talented and i and i think to myself wow i wish how i had that creative skill set but i definitely want to give a shout out to art of whl phoenix art this is her instagram page guys look at the diversity of your artwork some comic book panels there and and just beautiful stuff. So she's a extremely talented, and there she is there, very extremely talented artist. All I can say is both me and Jason are absolutely thrilled with this artwork. So yes, and this is um, the kind of talent that makes me sick and envious. So absolutely, good job, absolutely. good job, Phoenix good job. Arts. So go on, if you need some uh, drawings done of any kind, get on Instagram. Look up Art of WHL Phoenix Arts and uh, touch base with us because she's that's, clearly that's Art of W A L. You were saying W H L. It's W A L. Oh well, yeah, I, that's Australian accent. I know upside. I know you're looking at the letters upside down. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, absolutely wonderful. But we're here to talk about obviously Stratos. The two episodes that you chose, Jace, this week were. The Reign of the Monster and Trust. Now, can you, just before we start into this, why those two episodes? Well, um, Stratos, despite being a mainstay on Masters of the Universe, both the old and the 2002 reboot, 
uh, never was given the spotlight a whole lot. And so I just researched any episodes that put him front and center, and I came up with these two. Uh, one of them is uh, Reign of the Monster from the Filmation era, and the other one is Trust from the 2002 reboot. Mm. And honestly, I will say they were both great choices because they do feature Stratos quite integrally in the episodes. And look, let's get started in with uh, the Filmation uh, episode you chose, which is Reign of the Monster. Yes, and I imagine my shock when this comes up and I see the name Mark Scott Zakree because I've yeah. met Mark Scott Zakree. Really? I, I met him way back in 1997. Because and was of, that on the back of you knew he had written He-Man episodes? No, I actually had no idea that he wrote He-Man episodes until his name popped up here. I met Mark Scott Zakree because at the time he was on the uh, production staff of a television show called Sliders, and um, which was a great show. It was great unfortunately show. ruined, but mm. it was a great show. And uh, I was at Dragon Con in San Antonio, Texas, and... Right there, one day I'm walking through the lobby of this hotel and it said, we're holding a question and answer session for the new season of Sliders. And, you know, the show had recently and very surprisingly been renewed for the Sci-Fi Channel. And I went up there, I was in the second row and I got to talk to him and ask him questions about the show. Had no idea he'd written on He-Man because that would have been me. Everybody would be asking about the timer, Quinn Mallory and the Cro-Mags. And I'd be like, when you wrote for Stratos, did you know <laughs> that he could shoot beams from his hands? How did he do that? And it'd be, I'd be in the back, you know, I love you, man. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he, he was very cool, though. He was very frank with his answers. Um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that. And whenever I saw his name pop up here, I was just like, oh, wow, I know that guy. Now, I don't know if it's biased or not, Jason, but I did really enjoy this episode. I it would was say it's a the good greatest, one, yes. But it's a good episode, you know? Yeah. And the start of it, they get straight into it, Jace, you know? There's nothing like seeing Skeletor wanting to put some incest burning some incense uh and he looks great here burning his incense you know with the uh the cromags that's their name isn't it yes the cromags they they yeah. are the torgs mm. i get the feeling they headbutt a lot of things because they got those pointy helmets so i feel like that's how they attack their villains they just go head first into a wall perhaps they're their their adversaries as such well you know but they gotta have some kind of local things going on there because they ain't got hey. a lot going on in these caves no, but Skeletor is actually, truth be told, trying to raise a monster. Um, yes. Which is, what's the, I can't remember what the name of the monster in this Mulcrum. is. Mulcrum. His name Mulcrum. is Mulcrum, and it is a great design. It is a great design, as we get to see later on. But his attempt is Skeletor wants to break him open. So again, he can then, well, take over Eternia, but most importantly, try to get into Skull, which is his ultimate game. He's like that poor, he's like that poor loser at two o'clock in the morning trying to get in the nightclub. You know, half his shirt's hanging out. He's drank way too much. The bouncers keep going, nah, mate, you're not coming in. Don't you fun. know who I am? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, meanwhile, we do a hard cut straight to the land of Stratos. Absolutely. We get to see Avion for the first time in the Filmation series. And I have to say, I love the design of this of this city. Look at it. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. And I must say that I would um, maybe take Stratos' sister out for a coffee if yes. it's possible. 
Uh, she mm. was supposed to be his wife, but Filmation yeah. changed it at the last minute. Uh, I think all they did was redub a couple of lines in this episode because they thought that little boys would not like the idea of Stratos having a having a wife. No, uh, maybe not. But I'm glad you say that because if this little so-and-so right here was his kid, I'd be annoyed. Oh, me we'll too. We'll talk about him later, but I was ready to slap we, that kid we call him. the head. I guess that would be the Wesley Crusher of uh, Strat. Ah, uh, oh, yeah, man. Oh, not cool. <laughs> but we do a hard cut to a celebration at uh, there. Um, there seems he's celebrating. I can't remember what, but they're ready to party down. But it is quickly interrupted, Jace, yes. with a um, with an attack. Tie fighters from Tie Fighters. Yes, yes. from from sixties version of Tie Fighters. Um, I, they, I love the fact, though, that Stratos has this all-powerful staff that can blow up half the planet, and he uses it to make fireworks. He does. They're pretty good fireworks, though. Yeah. We'll, give him, we'll give him credit. For it, that. No, they're amazing fireworks. <laughs> yes, it's just... The staff, the staff uh, can do many things. It's, I think it's like, we need to get ourselves out of the scene. The staff will do something to get us out of the scene. I don't know. Stratos reminds me of Thor, just extremely powerful and extremely irresponsible. You know, I'm going to make, I'm going, I'm going to make fireworks with the world killing staff, and everybody just cheers. Yay, Stratos! Look, I'll be honest. You got to question anyone who's willing to shave off, shave their mustache regularly, but not the rest of the beard. Well, you know, you got to have that uh, that handlebar thing. Yeah. Yeah, but times are tough. He couldn't afford a mustache. What can you I mean, do? I actually used to know somebody who did that, and I asked him, "Why did you? Why do you shave it like that?" He said, "Because it tickles." Oh, really? And yeah, okay. I'm just like, well, that's that's a good. Point. I respect that answer, but yeah, you know, there you go. You look fucking weird. Nah, sure. yeah, you look very weird. You look like a chin strap. I have to beat that big. <laughs> okay, did you have this vehicle by chance? Was I? Sorry, let's back up, Chase. Don't get so excited. Was this vehicle ever manufactured? And if it was, did you own it? I don't recall that ever being manufactured. I would be surprised if it wasn't in some form or another, because is it, it is just basically a big Nerf gun on wheels. But it's toyetic all the way, right? It it really is. But I don't know if that was ever manufactured, or if it was, it was manufactured under a different name. Mm. We do get my favorite. I will get onto that, but we do get to see my one of my well, the first vehicle I ever owned as He Man is in this episode, which is great. Um, but I can't go past this episode without dealing with one bit that just for some weird reason made me laugh out loud. And it's He-Man when he is in a battle, he's got messy hair, and he takes the time to flick back. Well, with hair like that, you oh, don't just leave it must. Also, the fact, the fact that He-Man said, just must my hair. Yeah. You know, you know. He conditions it daily, and he does not blow dry. He towel dries because you don't blow dry hair. I also think it provides extra motivation to um, the battle. His oh, adversaries absolutely. this week because you don't mess with his hair, man. Like he ain't gonna mm. let that go. So, it's like Andrew uh, Tate's you... hair plugs. He thinks they look good, and everybody else is just like, "Oh God, no." He man bowl cut. No, do you like my hair, Tila? Uh, it looks fine. <laughs> hey, look, Slevin in prison did a great job on his Andrew Tate's hair as much as well, he could. You, you know, know when, you're a, when you're a groomer, <laughs> but you can't groom yourself. Unbelievable. Hey, these little guys kind of <laughs> like them. Okay, 
Tell me that cares? that does. Tell me that that does not look like King Zog from Disenfranchise, uh, di- uh, Disenchantment. It does a little bit. Does a little bit. I just appreciate in the middle of battle he's got time to sing karaoke. That's what I'm impressed about. Um, but yeah, you got, okay. Yes, we we brought up um, Stratos' sister. Sorry, what was her name again? Her name was I wrote it down. Delora. Delora. And you think as much as I'm hard crushing on young Delora here, I would know her name. But uh, she actually, I I like, she wasn't a bimbo in any way. She was quite measured, quite intelligent. I think she's actually smarter than Stratos in some ways. Oh, no, 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 uh, no argument there. That is something that I've always liked about Masters of the Universe and She-Ra, more so that I'm an adult than I was a kid, is that the women on the show were... They were warriors as well, and I mm. I loved that. You know, Tila jumps on a gun and just starts blasting away at people, and then later in this episode, she faces off against one of the uh, one of the Torgs, and they don't even show the fight. It's just oh, she's got this. Comes back and like the dude's like all busted up on the floor, and she's like, I think I broke a nail. <laughs> I just I just love that. I love the fact well, that the women in the show were amazing. just were just yeah. awesome. Even in this episode, the the sorceress is usually kind of moronic and useless. Mm. No, she is she's right in there with this too. And I, I yeah. that's what I think is one of the main draws of this episode is that a lot of characters have a lot to do and mm. they do it very well. There's a lot of storyline packed in, in this. There is, and it all works. Yeah, yeah. So uh, absolutely. Um now moving on to Back to, they get Stratos at some point. And, uh, the and last temptation him. of Stratos. The last, te- and we've seen the staff there. Skelos has got the staff. And of course, being very cocky because he knows now with Stratos kind of out of the way, he's going to have a fairly free reign for his mission. Um, so, you know, even at this point, I even at that point in the episode, I'm feeling there's a lot going on here. You know what I mean? We've got Skeletor looking to get the staff. We've got the... We've got the little people. We've got, you know, Stratos being captured. We've got He-Man trying to, you know, and the team ready to come and help. There's a lot going on. So it's wonderful. Um, Still, you know, again, I was shocked. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just love that, that, that freeze I do frame. <laughs> there, there is a lot going on in this episode. I, I enjoy the humor in it, though, because there, this episode does have this I don't know. It's almost like a. I, I got Carol Burnett on the on the brain today because today's her birthday. <laughs> oh, um, happy birthday, Carol! Yeah, happy ninetieth birthday, Carol Burnett. You know. Uh, but this episode had some great humor in it. There's this one scene where after Skeletor frees Mulcrum and Skeletor jumps on the back of this all powerful creature and rides it out of the cave <laughs> like a horse, blasts <laughs> a hole in the wall and leaves leaves the Torgs in there and one of them says. Oh, I, I wrote it down because I just thought it was funny. You do this, you do that, and after that, you can patch the hole in this wall. <laughs> yes. Yes, I remember that moment. Patch That's the hole in the funny. Wall. I don't care who you yeah. are. Just the yeah, fact that I you think just decided the... to add that. <laughs> also, and you know what? Uh, also it was the... only in the... Yeah, sorry. Go on. The staff, only has... In this... the, the staff has Skeletor's face on it, too. Yes. Like Stratos <laughs> never questioned it. It's like, huh. That kind of looks like our greatest enemy of all time. Oh, well, let's use it to make fireworks. I didn't realize the size difference because I didn't catch the first bit when I watched it. I must have blinked when they showed the scale. So when I saw that moment come up, I'm like, oh, hell, he's like three foot taller than them. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's big. But they eventually, obviously, He-Man and the team are going in to kind of stop this this evil plan. And they're coming up against the monster straight away. Yes. But it's really not the monster that we're after. It's this guy here who um, they're in the... uh, they're in the um, attack, attack, attack. What's again? Yeah, the attack track. Attack track, attack track. Yes. In attack track. Which the monster, like he is, um, he's like clearly massive. Where he could just pick it up like it's a toy. I mean, even He Man shocked. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to keep going with that all episode long. I, um, I love the kaiju nature of so many of these <laughs> monsters in this episode. Um, it is kaiju, yeah. and the fact that basically He Man just grabs him by his tail and classic He Man and tosses him aside, I'm like, yeah, I mean, look how odd that is, Jace. You've got this four, yeah, he's got legs, he's got arms, he's got an elephant trunk and a unicorn horn. So bizarre, but it works brilliantly, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to complain about it. It, There are a lot of fun monsters in this episode. Mm, None more fun, though, than you spoke about it early on, and that is the design of this girl. Mulcrum looks great. You know, and when the I animation first saw Mul- is great too. Yeah, and 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 when I first saw him with this, um, those arms, those tentacles—they're not arms. I was like, oh, but no, they work really well. They make him actually a very dangerous foe in this episode. Whenever he's got his mouth open and he's roaring, they use that that stock sound effect. But the animation just looks spectacular. It's some of the best that filmation ever did for their regular TV show. It's not often that you actually come across one of these episodes and you think, that's a genuine threat. But that monster comes off of this episode as a genuine threat that you don't... Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, it, it, it's pretty full on. But um, again, oh, sorry, that's going back. Another frame of him. I, I envy the artist that gets to draw those weird cells. <laughs> Because that must be the most fun to do. I'm going to make him shocked. I'm going to make him look injured. It's uh, it's really great. Um, The the team are here, but they're not really. Even though you've got Ram Man um, in this episode and and Man Arms, they're not really doing a lot. In fact, you mentioned earlier about when you see He Man push the wall open. I would have said, hey, Ram Man, you've done bugger all this whole adventure get to work buddy smash a hole through there well you know out of all the characters i think rant man actually does do shockingly little mm. i think he just gets captured or he gets pinned down behind things god die obvious <laughs> obvious observation hey, you're right god. Rant man thank you for that obvious observation <laughs> it's definitely not the brightest spark that one no um this is the first uh, He-Man vehicle that I ever owned. So, of course, I was thrilled to have this in the episode. Um, I don't remember big giant metal um, uh, you know, rope coming out of mine, but did you own that vehicle? You must have owned that. I, I actually did not own that vehicle, oh. and I can't remember what the entire vehicle was called, but I did have a sky sled, and that was the front part of the vehicle. Yeah, it was. Yes, yes. It was the and whole I, thing. And I have a sky, sky sled, sled again. I have the origin sky sled, so that's, uh, that's nice to have. Yeah, it was actually, again, at the time, and we know Castle Grayskull has been voted on many lists as the greatest place set ever created. And it is. Um, and it is. Um, and their vehicles really, in early days, were pretty close to the mark of being 
fantastic vehicles to play with because generally they had a multi-purpose to them. So it was wonderful to um, to see that back in the episode. <laughs> the moment. <laughs> again, another great frame. You can tell I have so much fun just finding the great frame. Again, though, look at that. Look at that, though. Look at the lines and the, yeah. the mouth and the teeth and the eyes. And it just, whoever animated this just went above and beyond because this is filmation. Do you know what? Is it, and I don't know if I'm really just a revisionist kind of memory here, but I'm pretty sure there are times in this episode you can tell what the newer animation was compared to the reuse that they were using. Oh, yeah. Like there's a step up slightly, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Somebody so, uh, was trying, which was very shocking. Somebody was trying. Yeah. Now, but, the know, whole kudos staff. Kudos to you, whoever you are. The whole staff being the. The, the whole concept of why Skeletor had to get this monster, get the staff, to have this monster to help him so he could break into Castle Grayskull, which I loved because I loved the moment of him, that whole moment of him trying to open the door with the staff and you've got her in the background trying to stop it. There was a great little tug of war moment there. So. Also, we have to stop for a moment. Yeah. And just appreciate what a marvelous pun the word jawbridge is. It is great. I love that so much. I, I look, and they they never Moto's back the off of it. Of yeah, they never backed off of it. They knew how silly it was, and every single episode it was jawbridge, jawbridge, jawbridge. Also, the sorceress leaves the castle, turns into Zoar, and oh, yes. gets friggin wrecked at one point that's what i'm saying the, the sorceress was very proactive in this episode and i wish that she had been more proactive like this because she struck me as a hero this time most yeah. of the time she's very manipulative she's very secretive this mm. time she was just like nah i'm gonna go kick some butt yeah which she got her butt kicked as we know um because but if she had not contributed they would have lost I don't mind how they get rid of the staff and classic kind of uh, when you have an all-powerful weapon. What do you do? You uh, you grab that sucker and you throw it into the sky so it blows up. Absolutely. Um, and I love how it blew up, but it didn't blow up. It just blew up and then came right back down again. Oh, ping. good. My fireworks stick is back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, and, you know, Skeletor, he sees that happen, but he still hangs around. Hangs around long enough because... This is what he really wanted. He wanted a hug. And that's fair enough, I think. Um, and I do like it because he gets caught, right? They capture him on the bridge. And he's like, and not this time, He-Man. And just evaporates. I appreciate how he just took that loss in stride. Like, he was never really expecting to win. It was just, well, <laughs> knew this was happening. <laughs> well, see you next time, He-Man. It's it's very much uh, an, an Aussie version of ah can't do much about this let's go to the pub yeah that's what it felt like <laughs> but it was it was um, you know we've probably missed chunks of story but it is probably as we said earlier one of the most plot heavy story driven episodes that works um, so it's absolutely a recommendation here and of course everyone gets to start back he man takes all the credit because. That's what He-Man does. Um, no, they're the rest of them. They're all enjoying it. Except one dark moment in the end of this episode. Orko, right? Orko's doing his thing. 
He's not a bad guy. He's always there to help. He's a nice guy. We yes. love Orko here. But this young punk thinks it's funny to send a drone to and chase him around and try to shoot him. A little laser bolt, thanks. What is with that kid, too? His proportions are all off. Oh he, he, he looks like, I don't know. There's just something Slightly about malnutrition. him. malnutrition. Yeah, he's malnutritioned. He's only like <laughs> two feet tall. <laughs> Tila could punt him, and it would nobody would even nobody would even blink. And clearly, he's got behavioral issues as well. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Um, Not cool. I I wrote in my notes. I said, "Good episode. Lots of action. Everyone acts intelligently. There's good animation. Hmm. Almost every character contributed to the plot. There was an actual threat, and the story." despite the fact that it was split into t two, sometimes even three concurring um, elements, all balanced themselves out very well. Uh, this is, so far, I would say this is in my top three episodes. Because mm -hmm. you're right. It's the idea of having characters on different directions, seemingly moving further and further apart, but somehow coming together at the end of the story, you know, uh, that takes skilled writing, and clearly they did that here. So yes, I'm glad to see we're on agreements with this one. This is nice. a great episode, nice. guys. Go check out Reign of Monster. We're going to come back in a second with the next episode, Trust. But before we do that, Jace, let's just throw to a quick commercial break. New from the Masters of the Universe collection. Finally! Castle Grayskull is ours! No! Stop! Take that! We call up on Castle Grayskull Man. Oh, shit. What do you want? Looks like someone had an accident. Burn, you son of a... Castle Grayskull Man, Hordak, and Decapitated Stratos, each sold separately, new from Mattel. That's so good. If only the toy ads were that. <laughs> it's it's not, awesome. That's, not that that's I from, appreciate uh, poor Stratos being decapitated. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, that is uh, uh, of course, not a real commercial. That's from uh, Daniel Benedict, who uh, has his own YouTube channel with lots of Masters of the Universe content. So right. please go check go, go check it out because he's got some great stuff. He also recreates classic, uh, classic Masters of the Universe commercials with the Origins figures. So oh, he basically wonderful. makes he makes the uh, the commercials that you know Mattel is not making today. <laughs> well, there you go, fantastic. All right, let's kick into the next episode, Jace. This is the 2002 He-Man reboot series, and today we're looking at Trust. Trust. Now, as much as Trust is a a Stratos heavy episode, it's very much a Trapjaw episode as well. Yes, um, which I'm always. Trapjaw is one of my favorites. I like mm. Trapjaw. Mm. And this is, a, this is a, again, I'm going to say this episode from 2002, very much enjoyed it. You know? Yes. There was nothing, was nothing new that I hadn't seen before, but what they were tackling, that concept was, was, was done really well. Um, and the episode kicks in straight away because we, we start off the episode with a prison break, which is always exciting to see um a yes because with... no one in eternos has ever heard of a dungeon no oh no, no. they have tower. busted another prisoner out of this 50 story tall tower poking exactly. up right out of the middle of the city how could we ever keep them from escaping put them underground 
There you go. <laughs> Just save you an entire episode. Put Merman underground. Or better yet, blow his head off. There you well, go. they address it pretty quickly in this episode because man at arms go, we're not fortified strongly enough. We don't have yeah, dirt materials. Yeah, good one. Maybe get away from the lab and stop experimenting on your you know, fellow citizens for a minute, um, and and realize that yes, your your kind of your prison is very similar to Shira, Princess of Power prison. It's really uh, yes. pretty easy to get in and out of, really. <laughs> Why would Merman want to escape? He has the nice pillows and everything. <laughs> um, straight away, though, they concoct a plan to go get a certain element, correct? Yes, they do. Uh, and I, I have to say, as much as I enjoyed the Filmation episode this week, Stratos, despite the fact that he's a, he's a cool guy, he was a cool action figure... Filmation did not give him much of a personality. However, no, they didn't. And I know I've said this before. I love the fact that they leaned into making Stratos Sean Connery in mm. in the reboot because to me it just makes him it makes him more interesting. It makes it makes him feel like he's actually part of a world that we don't see a whole lot of. You know what I also like about the voice though, because what it kind of intimates to stratos and his people it gives me obviously scottish voice you start to think clans you start to think you know his voice actually brings a bit more diversity and interesting elements to his people as well i think plus he sounds so cool he does he does you know what i mean i mean i will go out into the city and go find this stuff for you tila give stratos a kiss before you before i leave would you don't worry I, about her. She's just my sister. <laughs> I, I, I I love to think, you know, the, the rumor is Sean Connery quit filmmaking after making League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I like to believe he was at home once day and watching cartoons and going, that's it. I've seen him. I'm out. They're stealing my voice for Stratos. I'm out of the industry. Bloody hell, is that Big Bird? Why does he sound <laughs> like... Who's that arsehole that sounds like me? <laughs> Can I just acknowledge in this universe that Skeletor has the best cameras around? Like, oh, absolutely. he is better than the London CDB when it comes to <laughs> surveillance because immediately he's able to see what's going on. Again, um, Eternos needs to put all of its stuff underground so that those stupid robots can't get in and spy on them. It seems the most easiest thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. Even, even our co-lead in this episode seems to be slightly annoyed about it. Um, but he draws a short straw here. And I love the fact that Beastman and and that, they get a kick out of the fact that he's pulled the short straw and has to go. They are the mean girls and Skeletor is Regina George. That is it. The masters, the, the, the evil masters are the mean girls. <laughs> they are the mean girls. They are the mean girls. So we've set up our plot here, Jason. We have a good guy and a bad guy headed to the same destination to obtain the same thing, correct? Absolutely. So it's, it's a race against time in a way. Absolutely. Um, and we are setting up one of the most formulaic plots in the history of formulaic plots. Mm-hmm. Where but it's all about execution, isn't it? It really, is. It is, because I've seen so many episodes. The closest thing that I would compare this to is an episode of Star Wars Rebels, where Zeb and Callus crash on, an, on a planet yes. together, and they have to... They, they end up bonding and i actually think that's a stronger episode than trust but trust came first so i guess this one kind of 
I don't know, did some things that episode didn't, but that episode did some things this one didn't. Uh, it's but on the other hand, they're, they're not yeah, main they, characters, though. That's yeah. why this works. They're, they're the henchmen that are put into this plot. Where normally you would instinctively go for one of the main characters. Yeah, so. if anything, I kind of wish that this episode would have led to a little bit more character development for Trapjaw and Stratos. I wish that they would have walked away learning something a little bit more than the moral of the lesson at the end. Maybe, really. maybe gotten a little bit of respect for each other. But on the other hand, I also respect the way that the that the episode was true to Trapjaw as well. That Trapjaw screws Stratos the first chance he gets multiple times yes. in this episode, which I, I like too. Um, but yeah, before we get there, obviously Stratos is flying to the environment quickly. Blasted out of the sky by Trapjaw, which I thought was kind of cool, um, and uh, which 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 I thought was kind of good, you know. And here we go, we got a battle going here. They fall for a giant hole basically and land at this bottom of this end, uh, you know, giant cavern as such. Um, yes, and this is a time that I actually thought Trapjaw was frightening mm. because whenever he busts his leg. And they're both laying on the ground. Stratos wakes up and Trapjaw's crawling towards him. He's not trying to get away. He's coming in. He's going to he's gonna kill him. Yeah, he's and I, I, I yeah, love that. I was just yeah. like, wow, that's... I've never thought of Trapjaw being scary, but he's actually kind of scary here. Even injured, he tries to blast him, doesn't he? And they have mm -hmm. to struggle with the fact that Stratos has to rip that apparatus from his arm. That's right. And I love that and points it back at him going like, I've got your gut now. You know what I mean? So I do like that power struggle between them. And uh, they quickly come to a realization that they, the only way out of this situation is to help each other. Cause yes. one's got a damaged wing and the other one's got a damaged leg. So, you know, having to pair up in this scenario um, makes perfect sense. You know? Yes, it does. Um, Meanwhile, the gang's sitting back and watching it on TV. Oh, my gosh. I wanted to slap Adam here. I wanted to slap him so hard. Look, well, they, I think I just saw He-Man walk by. I'm going to walk that way and disappear for the rest of the episode. That's why I, I chose wanted, this image. I, I just hate. wanted to see... I just want to see Tila look at Man-at-Arms and goes, Adam's He-Man, isn't he? Uh, yeah. no. Okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like... I think at this point, Adam thinks nobody knows, but everybody knows. Kind of everybody thing. knows, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like that, that everybody knows, but he's the prince, so nobody wants to say anything. Yes, that's right. They're too afraid to be getting put in a dungeon Our, that you can easily escape from. Everyone knows except for the king. <laughs> so yes. he's, he's our son, you moron. What? I don't know what they put in the king and queen's food on Randor, but they clearly out of touch. Stupid pills. I think the chef is stuffing in edibles in there because oh, yeah. they are not oblivious. They, they are not switched on. Skeletor is slipping the chef like $100 every week on, <laughs> put some more of this in their food. Keep them stupid. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know what? The conflict of these two characters throughout this episode, the fact that they're having to rely on each other to get through, is to me different enough in a He-Man show to keep me interested. Yes. Even though we said it's the most formulaic plot ever, it's not formulaic, I think, for this show. I think it kind of works. Um, it, do, it does work in this episode, yes. And, and, I, and, and, I, sorry. No, please go ahead. I, I was, was going to go say, off on a tangent, but go ahead. 
No, it's just the fact that you've got these two guys relying on it that draws the main characters to the conflict as well. I kind of like. Yes. And it that alliance basically ends right when it needs to. It does. You cut a shot inevitable to betrayal trap jaw. <laughs> You're right, I'm beast. Just, I'm just glad that uh, it was Stratos and not his sister because we all know what like, the Scottish people can be like with women sometimes. <laughs> oh, that's a shot across the bow, poor shot, Connery. The misogynist. Oh, <laughs> can I'll I change give you a take... good open-handed slap to the face trap jaw. <laughs> I'll knock that jaw right off your head. Exactly. Now let's. We, I, I've established the fact that the main guys are now coming to the party. We've got Skeletor heading his way. But I gotta mention, Jace. I really like this outfit. Oh, it's he great. Winter outfit is tight. I it is love it, Jace. I love the fur. The only yes. thing I don't like about it is that one shoulder pad that yeah. is comically huge and mm. asymmetrical as everything was in that decade. That is the one thing about it that I don't like. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty big shoulder. Yeah, yeah. You, you got one you got one arm that's warm and the other one that's freezing. Still yeah. still shirtless, but you know, at least you look cool. Is this a kind of is this a, a tease to what we're eventually gonna get when we go to the snake men? Costume. Pretty much, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah that ridiculous asymmetrical costume. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bad. Meanwhile, back at the cave, they're hearing noises, Jace. They're hearing yes. some noises, and these threatening beasts are looming upon them. And it's a great little moment where you see these things just in unison, these white kind of beasts just in unison coming out from them. I thought, oh, here we go. How do they get out of this one? Um. And they do by Trapdoor doing another one of his brachals by, you know, bringing them up on the rope. And just as they get up to the top, kicks him down, kicks Stratos down to the ground. Curse your sudden and inevitable betrayal. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a pretty bad move, dude, because, you know, from that moment, you think they're going to rip him to shreds, these beasts. However, yes. it is he, man, and we're not about to see... One of our main characters being torn apart. No, this they isn't. Actually, this isn't that fake commercial. He's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. But they are actually very smart creatures who are part of a community that live there to protect. And um, a great design, also. They look really cool. And I like the voice actor. I like the guy who did it. He brought a lot yes. of brevity to it. He not brevity. He brought a lot of a. You know, uh, gravitas. Gravitas is the word I was looking forward to, looking for. And yes, yes, I, I really like the creatures. I really like, but I also really like what it what it brings up next is this great kind of thing where Stratos has gone. Look, guys, here's the deal. Da 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 da. I'm here to help. I'm the good guy. With Trapjaw coming in and going, hey, nope, he's lying to you. I'm the good guy. So you put those creatures in a very, like, who do we trust? <laughs> who um, do we trust? Do we trust the attractive bird man? Or do <laughs> we trust the man, the scary man with all the weapons strapped to his body? Hmm. <laughs> who do we, who do we hmm. trust? It's a hard one. It's a hard <laughs> one. Meanwhile, outside, He-Man's trying to come and save the day, but he's under attack, Jace. They're attacking him with big birds. 
Cyclops, who... Triclops, apologies. I watched Shazam Fury of the Gods the other day. Please forgive me. Uh, <laughs> Triclops is very menacing in this series. I always found every time he's on screen or he's a character in this version of He-Man, he seems very powerful and very threatening. Yes, and he's also a little psycho, which I like. He kind of reminds me of uh, Hugo Strange from Batman. Just extremely intelligent, extremely mm. cunning, maybe not physically strong, but he's he will he will mess you up though. And he enjoys it. Like yes, he does. Man. He enjoys it. Yeah, which is which is really great. Um Ah, oh, this is the where they're trying to convince each other that, you know. Um No, sorry, I apologize, apologize. This is my favorite moment of the episode. So basically they do, well, we're just going to put you both in prison. We're going to put you and you in a prison and we'll sort out what we're going to do with you later. Um, where the, I'm thinking unobtainium, whatever the, the, the mineral. Eternium. Uh, it was eternium. Oh my gosh. Course, what Everything is eterna something. Yes, yes, eternium. Um, and they go into this prison and there's a giant stash just sitting there. And that moment that I just brought up is the moment where Trapjaw goes, well, here's what I'm after. I'm just going to go and grab all the Eternium right now. Alas, but it's a trap. It's yes. a test. Smile, you're I on candid that. camera. With all the beasts there yes. watching this whole thing go down. And I love that. because uh, Yeah, it's great. That shows an intelligent species right there. They could have gone back and forward. They could have had a court case. They could have had a trial. They could have abandoned both of them. But the smartest, most logical thing to do, put them in a room with what there's, and we'll quickly find out who's the good guy and who's the bad guy here. And I think that was an, a great little scene, to, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I, I do love the fact that the, the cool attacks basically tricked Trapjaw with X-Lax, with an X-Lax chocolate bar. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know that Trapjaw was on the toilet all night after this episode. That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, that's going to be the worst case of IBS, I think. Oh my gosh. He's going to have. And what do they call it? It's a, it's like it, it, it rusts thing from the inside, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> Just... Stop pretty. We know what that's code for. It's okay. That's that's Snake a, Mountain ain't gonna smell good tonight. Yeah, it's a it's a, a photon torpedo right out the chute. <laughs> no, watch Pretty out! Bad. It the the dam has been breached with dynamite. Mm. Meanwhile, we have to shove in Skeletor into this episode because apparently we needed Skeletor in this well, episode. Of course. So, so yeah, um, yeah Evil Lynn there looking. I've got to say, I love Evil Lynn's design in this. She that looks I, great. It, in fact, I've got to say, overall, this series, as much as it has a lot of weakness, the character designs um, oh, yeah. are really good. Every are single really one good. of them got a glow up in this in this yeah. series. I mean, there were a few where I looked at them thinking, because eh, I think Mechanek is one where I watched, where I saw it, and I was just, eh, that's not yeah, great. But right. everyone else looks looks awesome. Yeah, they've, they've kept the core elements of the character designs, but just enhanced it for that 2002 modern vibe. Absolutely. Only thing, He-Man's amazing hair is just not there. No, it's not. And oh, one other criticism is Battle Cat. Battle Cat's, Battle Cat's design not. was terrible. Terrible. And I'm sorry, I do not accept Battle Cat that does not talk. No, 
we're, we're, that'll be coming in the future. I get to yes. see him. I remember I've only ever seen two episodes of that modern series when we did the first episodes of each series. So that was the thing that attracted me the most was the fact that we had this wide like Battlecraft becomes Yoda. This is awesome, you know. Yes. Um, and or Obi Wan Kenobi, whatever comparison you want to make. So I'm looking forward to digging into that for sure. But back to this episode. Can I just reiterate again? Like, He-Man looks so good in that outfit. I would buy that He-Man figure if it was out. It I reminds really me a lot of the Masterverse uh, King Grayskull figure with that gigantic cape. And mm. I just thought, you know, combine that with He-Man's outfit, that'd be an amazing live-action look. Yeah. Not much of a battle happens between He-Man and Skeletor. It's a very no. quick kind of few seconds of a Dunsky uh. in this episode. Um, <laughs> I love Beastman's look on his face. Yeah, look at his look. He's confused. Like, Even Triclops is like, I think he's just on? he's just smelling trap jaw at this point. Like, what is that? What is that? And and I just love that Evil Lynn is just already annoyed at the situation. I know. She's already like, damn it! Can you do anything right? Clearly not. <laughs> you know, so it's pretty great. Um, but you know, everyone becomes friend. They they trap they capture Trapjaw in a sheet of ice, which is well, hey, you know what you got. Um, and they become friends and they build new allies, which seems to be a common theme in He Man. Don't you notice that every time they come against a community, at the end of the day, they're allies and they're willing to fight the cause, and you never see them again. So well, the next know. time they're in trouble, none of those communities that they've connected with ever come to help. That was one thing. Uh, Thundercats got a reboot not long after this one. And that was one thing that they did in that series that I thought was great was whenever they forged alliances, mm. they always paid it off. Oh, okay. There was there was one episode where they were fighting Mumra and every single civilization that they formed an alliance with comes to their aid. Oh, see, and it that's was so, such a great episode. So maybe they were building for something like that in this series. I don't know. And then yeah. that Snake Man BS got in the way. And then yeah. cancellation got in the way. Who knows? Yeah, I think... I mean, essentially, if it had gone for a couple other seasons, you would have thought that they may have gone down that way, but Snake Man was such a disaster, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you really have a problem with that shoulder pad with the giant icicles, Chase. <laughs> Look how ridiculous it looks. It's ridiculous. Look at that. <laughs> if you just break off the ice, I could deal with the actual shoulder pad. See, I, I even think without the ice, it would just look redonkulous, just dumb. <laughs> How is he not walking lopsided? I just want to know. He's he man, man. He's I guess, man. but you know, he'd be he he'd be asymmetrical after a while. Just he'd have one one muscle on one side so much bigger than the other. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely. need to put the shoulder pad on the other shoulder for a while. And uh, that's basically the end of the episode. As much they, you know, they've forged alliances with these these beasts. They and now have access to the Eternium they need to fortify their jails. So this really episode is about a quest for resources to make a better prison. That's yes. the episode. Well, you know. I liked it. I thought it was great. I don't think it was as strong as Reign of Monster. I um, agree, yes. But it was still kind of enjoyable. It was good to see Stratos take a limelight in this. Um, it always interests me to go, well, you know, if this... And I trust your instincts. So if this, if these are the strongest Stratos episodes, how, how poorly was he handled for the rest of these series? So, 
Well, he was just, like I said, he was just a glorified background player. Do we have a version in the CGI of Shadows? There is. um, I know it's completely rebooted. I know uh, redesigned everything. You're not going to like it. You're not going to like it. I can tell you. I just have a feeling you're not going to like it. We'll do with that. I, they they take him in a completely different direction yeah. to where he's barely a good guy, to be honest. But again, he at least gets more character development in that show than he's gotten in any of the other shows. Yeah. But let's face it, Jason. The best version of Stratos is that version of Stratos. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, best version of He-Man is that version of He-Man. It's the one that uses the C word and like gets drunk. Yes, I, I think it's great. <laughs> Now, we've, we've talked about both episodes, but we've got to talk about their morals at the end. Yes. Because w- without getting the moral lesson, what are we really getting out of these shows? So Entertainment. Entertainment, exactly. <laughs> so let's have a look at uh, The Reign of Monster. Um, a very interesting um, switcheroo this time around, exactly. which I will talk about. Boy, the fruit on that tree looks good enough to eat, doesn't it? That's like a lot of things you might find around your house or in your neighborhood. But looks can fool you. Sometimes things that look or smell good can make you very sick. Remember, never taste or eat anything if you're not sure what it is. The best thing to do is to ask a grown-up who knows. Remember, it's better to be safe than sorry. Till next time! <laughs> there is no coincidence that the fruit on the tree looked like Tide Pods. <laughs> And I also think that the Orko voice actor was making fun of the moral as he was reading it. Because at one point he starts talking like, yeah, you shouldn't eat this stuff. This felt very much like a reflection on the news of the day. So I know you're kind of joking about the Tide thing. But I do remember the early 80s being a big push here in Australia in a campaign of, you know, Making sure you put all your chemicals up high away from your kids. And as kids, you're not supposed to try this. You're not supposed to try that. But what connection does that have to the actual episode? Absolutely none. This is what First the, time. This is what the fans used to call a don't put mustard on the cat moral. Just a, <laughs> just a moral that had nothing to do with the episode and is just common sense. Just don't put mustard on the cat. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So not their strongest moral because usually what I love about the morals of the Filmation series is they always seem to tie directly into the subject matter of the episode. Which is weird with this uh, with this next one. It's weird. It is weird. So usually it's flipped. Yes, that's right. So let's have a look at the, uh, the moral story from the end of Trust. We all want to be trusted, but to earn the trust of others, it's important to be trustworthy. And that means keeping your word, being honest, and of course, speaking the truth. Until next time. Okay. Very basic, but it fits with the with the story. Again, first time yes, that I've actually it's... seen a moral from the end of that series actually connect to the plot. Yeah, and it's it's so weird that it's been flipped this time, just completely flipped. I don't, I don't. What is going on? 
<laughs> it's like we're in bizarro He-Man world. Oh, so um, strange. But it was good. It was good. And uh, I remember seeing the end of that, but I've watched it again the other day, and I'm like, damn, they got it right for a change. So, <laughs> very good. Very good. So that was wonderful. Now, Jace, to tie up the show, of course, we have a responsibility that we've got to keep adhering to here because if we don't, Sooner or later, they're going to get upset. And what I'm talking about, if I've got the image here, which I don't have it, but it's casting call time. Oh, absolutely. Right? Let's do it. And we're doing Stratos this week because, hey, why not do do the casting call on the actual character that we're supposed to be um, supposed to be talking about? So, okay, we're going to cast Stratos here. Hundreds of million dollars. We can get any actor we want. Jason, I'm going to throw you under the bus for this one and i'm gonna ask you who would you choose for the actor to play stratos in our 300 million dollars yes the budget's going up and up and up for our retelling of he-man here he is here stratos who you casting jace well it's funny um whenever you first told me hey we gotta do a stratos casting call mate i was i think i had a little c word in there yeah probably but i was in the middle of watching my second oldest girl get her senior pictures taken so oh, i was a little oh emotional no. and i, I had to day. think i had to think and i was like uh, i don't know tony Curran, who is a great actor by the way he's a great actor it was a great choice yeah and then i thought a little bit more and i said that's my placeholder unless i get a better idea and then i got a better idea you probably got neeson. the best idea actually i think liam neeson this week's a strong liam, liam neeson, neeson is my stratos I have a I have a particular set of skills. I have wings, and I will find you, and I will kill you. It would you. be fantastic. My only thing is, because this is an ageless film, and we can go back in time and all that, Liam Neeson from 10 years ago. Nah, Liam Neeson from now. And you know what? Don't even give him a script. Just have him stand there with wings and a harness, just going, I have no idea what's going on here. What is this? Is this... Is this some kind of G.I. Joe movie? <laughs> I don't want it's my great... likeness put on a, on an action figure. Hey, we use, you gave me the word earlier, gravitas, and that's what Liam Neeson would bring to this role. Yes, he, he would. would. bring that maturity and complexity to the character. We know that the last thing you ever want is Liam Neeson. He's always, like, simmering. That's what I love about Liam Neeson. You don't know when he's just going to crack at any moment. Exactly. And I like exactly. that idea. I like that idea. So you chose yours. For mine, I had a couple of immediate ones start away. Because uh, you went, who did you mention? Sean, he goes, but Sean Connery's dead in our chat. Yes. And I, I, <laughs> but Sean Connery's, Connery's dead. dead. <laughs> the perfect actor's gone. I went straight for James McAvoy. It was my first initial choice. Which I thought, okay, a bit of a younger. It's not a bad choice. He's got the accent. Bit maybe too slender. But I wanted him to be a bit older, so my choice. Slender, was... have you seen? Uh, have you seen Split? Yeah, he was jacked. Brrr. He was jacked. Yeah. He was. You <laughs> um, and McGregor, Obi Wan Kenobi himself. Oh yeah, I could uh, see that. Is my pick for Stratos. Um, however, we better get the script doctors in because he ain't taking the role unless that script is tight. Yes. Right. He ain't making the commuter. He ain't doing, you know, straight to streaming movies. Ewan's going to want, you know, a good script. And although, I think, although you got to admit, it would be a great moment if in the middle of a fight, Skeletor is running out, Stratos zooms down, lands in front of him and goes, hello there. 
<laughs> you'd have to, wouldn't you? You'd have yes, to. You'd have you to. cast Ewan McGregor, you just got to go, look, dude, you got to play on that line. The I crowd's just, gonna go. I see insane. him looking at the script going, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that either. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying hello there. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I love it. I love it. Well, that's it, Jace. We've done it. We've cast our characters between two of them. We'll have to let the audience decide one day who we cast, whether it's Liam Neeson or Ewan McGregor. But we've done it. That was a great couple of episodes. Probably the, uh, for two episodes, even though I preferred Rain and Monster, the, uh, both these episodes were very strong, I thought. And not always the case when we do these deep character dives. So I'm very happy with this. I am as well. I think that it turned out very nicely brilliant well we hope you guys think the same thing too uh don't forget to follow us on youtube and find jason at, at, at jason roy gaston all over social media everywhere uh me you'll find me on tiktok at vhs underscore jace and on facebook uh come and join our facebook group there's lots of fun stuff going on there and until well hang on a minute i was just about to leave without putting you on the spot jace who will we doing next time? Oh goodness! You know, I, <laughs> I did absolutely, I put absolutely no thought into this. So, um, since we did Masters of the Universe this week, how about we return to Shira and the Princess of Power next week, and let's take a look at Imp? No, I'm kidding. We're not going to look at Imp. <laughs> let's uh, tell let's, you who my favorite is. <laughs> let's let's um, let's look at Glimmer. I think Glimmer would be an excellent Glimmer. choice, Jason. Why not? Because there is very big evolutionary differences and changes between the characters. That sounds great. Well, you've heard it. We're going back into the awesome world of Shua. Next episode of Power of Jace Gold, where we're going to check out Glimmer. So uh, we'll see you guys then. All right, Jace, sign off for us, buddy. You have been watching The Power of Jace Gold.